Welcome to episode 117 of Vote Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. Coming from the decks of the Great Black Phoenix Frigate. Exploring the seas of the old world since 2125. I don't I don't freaking know. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I am Scott Prime, and off to my right is the wonderful Steve Kilowagi Campbell. How's it going, Scott? It's going pretty good. Good. Uh, it's 2021. It is. It's kind of like 2020. <laughs> no. I uh, mean... What- I'm not gonna let's not get into politics. Right no, now. I don't want to get no, I'm not here, <laughs> here's things, what I'm <laughs> things have been going well. I'm not you know. It's I guess from a hopeful side, you're looking for that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be some things that we're gonna talk about later in the podcast. Maybe to help that upward positive feeling. Yeah. I hate this time of year. I hate the time of year. I think that's why the build-up to Christmas is always more exciting than the day of Christmas because I yeah. absolutely hate December 26th through about, I don't know, um, I'd say October February 20th. 15th or something. <laughs> oh. You know, once we get past the fake holiday of Valentine's, which I I participate in, but I really hate and dread. Yeah. Even now that I get goodies and stuff. Were you the kid that never got anything in class? Oh, I was. I got all the forced things. Oh, I didn't get extra stuff. Oh no, yeah, it was just dude. like okay. I got. I got everyone else. No, got I one, did. So I, I got didn't. one too. I think one year somebody bought me a candy gram or whatever those little things were. Candy gram for Mongo. What? Candy gram for Mongo. That... Blazing saddles. Oh okay. Well, anyways, I got one of those extra little things that you could send like your sweetheart. Yeah. One year I got that, and I don't know if it was a joke or not, but I just ate the candy and moved on. So I always wondered if, like, way uh, back when I had some secret admirer I don't know, or, like, if somebody was pulling a prank on me. But I oh, didn't make a big Scott. deal. He's so dreamy. I'm going to send him a candy bar. Well, and you're a- like, dude, free candy bar. Well, I mean, there was no note in it or anything. <laughs> <Right>. So <clears throat> what am I supposed to do? He's so cute when he's scarfing it down in two seconds. <laughs> he's so chubby and cute. He's like a little baby halfling. <laughs> no, I just, I just, this part of the year is just like weird. I, I've yeah. never liked it even as a kid. Like the only good thing about like New Year's was like you got to, when you were really, really young and maybe your parents were different, mm-hmm, they that were. was our excuse to letting us stay up, you know, until midnight. So you, I was the baby. I could stay up whenever I wanted. Yeah. Your parents were done trying to raise kids. Well, also, they I gave mean, up then. not to, I was a little shit when it came to a lot of stuff, but I never got in trouble. So they trusted me implicitly with everything. Like I never snuck out of the house. I, I skipped you classes eventually. I was very boring. <laughs> So, but I was the type of kid that everyone came to my house. You know, I had all the comics and video games. Yeah, and for the most cable. part, we came to my house too. So, I mean, I never had that issue of, well, you need to be in bed after like age seven or something. Oh, really? Yeah. You could stay up all night at that age? As long as I got up and went to school, they didn't care. Man, those changes didn't happen. My parents, when they got a divorce, I remember my dad tried to stick by like the rules mm-hmm. uh, for a couple months. And then eventually it was like, you know, as long as you get up and your grades are fine, yeah, I'm gonna start letting you do what you want. And that was kind of just it just happened. Yeah, and I knew for a fact, like every, I think I was telling my children this, like once a year I would fake sick because I, for some reason I never really got sick or I just power through it and go to school, whatever. Um, but once a year from about eighth grade on, I decided like, ah, 
I need a break, a day for Scott to <laughs> read comics and whatever, you know, back in watch the day. Watch the game shows. <laughs> watch the game shows, some Price is Right, stuff like that. And um, I knew that if I, once Dad gave me the, you know, like, step however late you want to mm-hmm. type deal as long as you get for the next day, I knew I couldn't do that if I stayed up till like, 11. Yeah. And then the next day I go, oh, Dad, I'm sick. He'd be like, bull crap, you're tired. <laughs> Uh, so I, I always like those days are like, well, I'm kind of tired now. I'll just go to bed at nine o'clock and tell dad I'm not feeling well. And then lead it and to then tomorrow. lead it mm-hmm. into foreshadowing and it always worked. So yeah, I played sick a lot. Did you? I hated school. I was super shy and I just, it was not a fun experience. So really? Like if I ever had to get up in front of class and do something, I was going to be gone that day. Like, no doubt. Isn't that funny? There was one class in, I think it was 7th or 8th grade. I can't remember which. It was a science class. Our final grade was based on our presentation of a science project in front of the class. You know, the folded board and you have to do it Mm -hmm. all. Yeah, it was like 75% of the grade and I didn't do it. Straight up. They came to, I remember clearly they called me that day and like, okay, Steve, get Go ahead and put yours up. I didn't do it. What? I didn't do it. You don't have it? I just didn't do it. You know that's a zero, right? I'm like, okay. Move on. I'm like... Wow. Yeah, I just I was that guy. I just didn't get up and do anything. So you failed that class? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think they might have let me slide by with a D by turning in a project afterwards. Hmm. But I didn't do it in front of the class. Okay. It's funny then that you do tournaments now. Oh, I know. But that makes so much sense. And where being a most of, most of the time, you'd rather me present all the awards and oh, stuff yeah. than you. So you still got a little bit of that. Oh, I got a lot of that still, but it's much better than it used to be. So if we did this podcast, well, you've done live podcasts before and that mm-hmm. hadn't bothered you. I mean, it'll bother me, but I still do you. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It just is what it is. This explains you being so anal at tournaments and stuff. This is also, well, yeah. And this is also like when I have control of something, it's better. Because I have control of the podcast. I can have control of the tournament. You know, it's my my area. Like at work, when I was teaching in class, you know, it's my class. So when I have that responsibility, I can do stuff. But it's just like when I'm one of the peons, I'm like, no, I don't want any attention. I'm good. Thanks. So how was your Christmas, Steve? It was very good. Good. How about you? It was overall good. I mean... I had way too much candy. It was way different because, you know, I usually travel to a whole bunch of places and this year I only traveled to one uh, with my sister. So it was awkward and weird, but it was still fun. Yeah. I forgot we haven't had a podcast since Christmas. No, we haven't. Um, It was pretty cool, though. My aunt and my mother... They still made all the traditional Christmas foods and brought it to us. So we got really spoiled with that because yeah. that was like night and day. It still felt like my mom and aunt were there because all their, you know, they <laughs> fit. I could make the same damn ham that my aunt makes and it's not going to taste the same. That's so. true. So that was the, very nice and a, and a good blessing and stuff. It was just, it was just different. And I know everybody's Christmas, you know, throughout the world is yeah. probably different than normal. Um, but no, it was still good. Uh, I'm hope, hopeful that, you know, next year it, it made me, even though every year I'm like, Oh, I got to go to like five places in 12 hours and, 
it made me miss that and stuff. Yeah. And I had some grandparents that are fighting COVID. Uh, <laughs> COVID ruined my plans because we've been avoiding my grandparents just for COVID safety reasons, you know, because uh, they are like in that the people that you don't want to even tempt to get it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we were planning on going Christmas caroling Christmas Eve night out there. Me and my sister were going to go out there in you know, separate cars with our families and sit on the street and then call grandma and say, hey, you need to look out your window. Because we figured they're from that generation where they did that. You know, mm-hmm. like, let's go walk around the neighborhood and sing Christmas carols. So we were, like, pumped and excited about it, you know. And I thought this would be a good time to, like, you know, teach the kids some, like, it's an act of kindness. Yeah. Sometimes just the gift. And then we found out on the, I guess the 22nd, we found out that they had COVID and they were not doing too well and stuff. So, Damn. Um, yeah, my grandmother, I guess, couldn't sleep, which is, I guess, some people get that where they just can't breathe. Yeah. Well, they just, no, she'd get up and walk around and oh. stuff and, wow. and just walk all night and. I'm no doctor, so I don't want to claim like this is a fact, but right. th- they were told that like some people show that they just can't go to sleep and they mm-hmm. get up and they're just wired all night. God, that'd be crazy. And my grandfather, who was going through the COVID as well, he wanted to sleep and rest and he couldn't because he was scared she'd leave the house. Um, so I don't know. It was just different. Uh, my grandfather has recovered well. Good. Grandma is still showing some things that she's fighting but have it, you know, they went to the hospital twice because they thought they were going to have to put her in. And yeah. every time they get to the hospital, her oxygen levels go back up. And so they send her home. So that's good, right? Yeah, definitely. And, um, so, like I said, it was just different. And um, I'm hopeful that uh, I get another traditional Christmas yeah. with them. Um, they're fairly old. so. And I guess since, you know, we tell all of our business on this podcast... Um, I had a first Christmas with my girlfriend and her kids as they are moving in. I know. I got to see the little kids. Yeah. I was, uh, since I'd never met them, you know, you always plan for, at least I do. I always plan for the worst. Yeah. I was expecting to come over here with you just sitting there (laughs) and then like, and them like almost like animated cartoon characters, like pulling at your hair and like have you dressed up and you're just sitting there taking it (laughs) because they're just so wild children. But they, from my Quick observation, because I didn't stay long. They seem like well-behaved children. Yeah. They were very nice and respectful, so I'm, I'm very hopeful for you and your situation. Should and be interesting. It, it should be interesting. <laughs> Wait, trust me, Steve. All oh, your friends are looking in going, let's watch this <laughs> reality show unfold. And it's the whole thing of like not wanting attention that I... <laughs> this is the part I wasn't looking forward to. I was like, I... Well, you're going to get it, man, because, uh, you know... I know. This is exciting for us, too. We're happy for you. It's just weird. Why? It's the whole attention thing. I like. I don't All like it. Right. Well, you're going to get attention now, Papa Steve. Mm, no. <laughs> they call you Daddy? No. They just I'm call not you even, Steve. No, I'm not even trying that. I mean, No, you shouldn't. Just let it. Whatever it, they want to call you, they call you. Right. And, you know, we'll see how the moving in goes. I don't see there being any issue. But, but you never know. I'm treating it like a roommate situation for one year, and then if if something happens and either of us doesn't want to continue it, we break off. No sure. Harm, no harm, no foul. And again, not that I expect that, but I don't want... I know how hard it is with kids and having is. that new parent. Sure. So, or the new person in the house, I just... 
it's just different. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's different, and that's probably a good approach. I tried to, to be respectful, I guess. That's yeah. No, saying. you're good. But, Anyways, yeah. uh, Blood Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I think we should talk about some Blood Bowl. I've heard of it. Okay. Um, real quick, I played, golly, I, I've been playing in this Iowa League on Fumble, <laughs> and playing with Quarantine, and my team got decimated the very first game by Tim's Snotling team of all teams. God. So I had to reset them because otherwise I'd been stuck with like three or four loners forever. Yeah. I reset them. It didn't get much better, but I decided not to reset them for the <laughs> second time and just play through it. I had loners for almost almost the whole season and exactly 11 guys and on games where i got like inducements of 300 plus i did okay uh i never i think my record was oh man three wins four ties and three losses maybe it's not bad it was fairly respectable and maybe it was two wins three ties and two losses okay um i never to my knowledge that I remember, I never really got like blown out except for maybe one game, and that was against the uh, high high elves or wood elves. They just destroyed me. They elfed you. They elfed me for sure. Um, I, I was hoping I wouldn't make the playoffs because I just didn't want an extra game. I was so <laughs> ready for the season to be over. It's so hard when you go into a game going, I don't care, and then the first dice roll, and you go, okay, maybe I'll just care for this play and then it's like okay i'll i'll try and then you know how fumble is it yeah it takes and it gives and you're happy some days and you're sad the others um so i just played it out i made the playoffs as the eight seed i had to play drew butchaconi's uh kimry team and of course it, you know he he texted me he's like when do you want me to end your your pain and i was like oh dude i'm gonna kick your butt because you know fumble's gonna decide that that coin flip before the game happens, you know, it always feels like somebody gets kind of hosed on oh, dice. Yeah, for sure. And I said, you're going to get the bad luck. And I was just talking trash back. Well, we played our game. He had four guys called out on fouls. <laughs> um, How many I, people did he have? He had, I think, 12 or 13. Okay. So, yeah. It, it was Kimry versus Corn. Uh, yeah. Um. Anyways, long story short, first half, I was up one to nothing. He was down on men. I was feeling pretty good on the field. I think he had eight guys left and I think I had nine because my guys didn't recover from KOs or something. And he injured a few. And then, um, the kickoff, it was raining. Kickoff went right into the hands of a tomb guardian in the rain with marked. He caught it. No big deal. It was the one tomb guardian had no skills or maybe he had guard. But it didn't matter, but right? No block, right? No block, no stand firm, nothing. You know, no mighty blow, nothing like that. Um, I couldn't tackle him to save my life. I figured, like, if I just tackle him, it makes picking up the ball really difficult for Kimry. Oh yeah, with the rain, and I have a great chance of winning this game. So when I had my opportunities to tackle him, I went ahead and used my re rolls. I, th- I was kind of like that. Let's go all in. And, um, I never could do any, I could never even get close to tackling them. It was like double skulls or push, push or 
push and then I'd re-roll because I'd have one dice and I'd get a skull. Or it was a skull oh. and I'd re-roll and get a skull. It, it was just awful. I I had at least five opportunities in that second half to hit him with one or multiple dice, and it just never worked. And all what? you ever needed was a both down. All I needed was a both taken. down. Yeah, because I would have taken the both down. So matter of fact, I I hit him several times with a guy that either had wrestle or block. And it's fifty fifty chance because it's two pushes and a skull yes. that you don't want. So out of five times, you flipped that coin and it came up tails yes. every single time. Yeah. Um, but, which, you know, like, Hey, he had bad luck too, right? You know, getting called on all those fouls and stuff like that. It was just hilarious because it was a typical fumble. One half was like all in my favor. Mm -hmm. The next half was kind of like Drew couldn't do any wrong. Right. And, and it shows because we went to overtime. So he scored with that tomb guardian, just slowly plotting down the field. It was one-to-one. Um, I believe I threw a pass and... I almost had a chance, like, if he would have missed the tackle, I would have had a chance to, like, dodge away and get to the end zone okay. on the final play of the game. But he tackled me. Um, so we went to overtime. I get the ball. We go down. I do the best I can. I'm starting to lose people at this point. So it really becomes like a Kimry team with his skilled position players with skills versus my guys that don't have skills. Yeah. <laughs> um, long story short... I get about six squares away, but I just can't make it happen. And I needed like um, my bloodthirster to blitz and dodge away to get rid of this tomb guardian to have a chance to pick up the ball. Anyways, it didn't happen. So we're going into overtime, and we both thought it would be simply a coin flip. Mm -hmm. Now to show you like the difference in the luck, like I, I was telling you, like the tales of two halves. The first half, I don't think I used all my rerolls and had like two left, but they don't carry over. And Drew in the second half, I don't think had to use maybe but one of his rerolls. And then in overtime, maybe one because he had two left. Yeah. We get into overtime. And how how are overtime rules on fumble, Steve? Do you know? I mean, like when they. No. I mean. Okay. So I I, we thought either you would play be... another overtime. Yeah. Or it might be the coin flip thing, right? Right. Well, what they do is they do a shootout, but it's not like the new rules where you do best two out of three. Yeah. It's one dice, one D six, and you add your re-rolls. <laughs> huh. So Drew, I rolled a six. <laughs> oh. Drew rolled a five, but he got plus two for his re-rolls. He won two to one. That's. And I'm not. That's BS. To be fair, I should have looked up the rear, the the overtime rules, but nobody thinks it's going to go that far, no. you know, and all this. And I mean, Drew didn't even know by keeping his re-rolls that that was going to help him. No. It's just ironic. Oh, that's crazy. So I did what I could. I'm out of the playoffs, which I'm kind of glad, but uh, at the same time, I, <laughs> I, I like crushing the spirits of uh, our good friends up there at 3 Block. So. Oh, man. That sucks. Yeah. So anyways, that season's over. Now we can go on with the rest of the episode. Oh, okay. Well, I wanted to get some Blood Bowl in instead yeah. of just all life stuff so people can't complain. Like, all they do is talk about them. Oh, we'll talk about around. that at the, uh, when we talk about the, the uh, contest. Okay. That's we'll fair. We'll talk about our beginnings. All right. What we got, what's on tap for today? So today, we shall be taking uh, the first of our dives into teams. So for the foreseeable future, we're going to, I think, once per episode or so, take a team and kind of look at 
our teams in it and our fluff and our yeah. Ideas. I mean, this podcast is about fluff, so we're going to tell you kind of like. And people like to know what our teams yeah, are. Yeah, we'll stuff. explain so it in the segment. We're going to do dark elves. Uh, second segment, we'll do the downies like we do every yes, year. Yes, the downy awards. And then, uh, since there is a lot of new people, or there are a lot of new people into Blood Bowl. We're going to look at a beginner's guide to Blood Bowl, kind of just some beginner's tips for things you can do, and also some stuff just like to normalize whenever you're playing Blood Bowl or go to tournaments and stuff. Sounds good. So we shall be back very shortly. Both Downs brought to you by Wizards Asylum, Norman, Oklahoma. You can find them online at wizardsnorman.com or on Facebook at Wizards Norman. So contact them, get something sent, and support both down. Welcome back. So this segment we're going to be talking about the Dark Elf team. Yeah, so really, I don't know what we're officially calling this, but... Teams in review. <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on a second. Okay. Okay. Ready? Ready? Teams, Teams in, in review. Review. That's the new soundboard. With so yeah, some echo. We, we got a new mixer. And it does built-in echo. So um, gosh, shoutouts is going to be amazing this time. Oh, we can. Oh, it's going to be Sweet. epic. Um, um, yeah. So if you want to donate to the podcast, we'll talk about that later. Um. <laughs> For years now, you know, we talk about our teams. There's always a big fuss, you know, like I go to tournaments and people are like, I want to talk to Scott and see if my team's both down approved. Mm -hmm. And then they'll come over there with all this excitement. And I'm like, if I really hate it, I have to go like, eh, it's close, <laughs> but not really. Yeah, I and I know like I'm really super picky about team names. And with every all the new players coming to Blood Bowl and maybe old players getting back into Blood Bowl, you know, me and Steve hate when we play against teams that are just have goofy names or not necessarily goofy names, but unfluffy names. Yeah. And by that, we mean, you know, horse racing names or like, even like names based in like reality. Like, Oh, my team's called the Florida swamp gators and it's mm -hmm. a lizard man team. And it's like, bro, we ain't in Florida. Yeah. You need to like somehow fluff that up for the old world. Now universe. if it's flow Rida. And well, of course, if it's flow rider, we just let it go. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you do F L O apostrophe R I apostrophe D A, whatever. I mean, yeah, there's ways to to get around, you know, and making, you know, we do pun names, we do goofy stuff sometimes, and of course, we love our own stuff and might mm -hmm. not love somebody else's stuff. But uh, we're trying to use this segment. We're going to pick a team, probably every episode. That's the hope. But you know, they're, they're it might be some episodes where we don't have this segment, but we're going to pick a team. We're going to try to pick a team that GW has already released miniatures since the 2016 version. Um, th that that way, in case things change and maybe our our thinking behind the teams change, you know, mm -hmm. like who's who's for certain that we're going to get Amazons. We might get some other type of female warrior race. You yeah, know. we just don't know. So we're going to start off with Dark Elves. And where do we want to start? We want to talk about like how long Dark Elves have been in Blood Bowl? Yeah, we could talk about that. And the miniatures and stuff. So sure. 
Dark Elves were one of the first initial teams in the first edition of Blood Bowl. See, I didn't know this because I don't own the first edition Blood Bowl. Yeah. And just so everybody out there is, we're on the same page. We're talking about the very, very old school before the Astro Granite pitch mm-hmm. because a lot of people confuse second edition as first edition. Right. No, this is with the cardboard cutouts and they did eventually do. So first off, 1985-86, first edition of Blood Bowl comes out. It has cardboard cutouts that have the position names on them, and there's Dark Elf Team. Mm-hmm. Not even going to worry about how they played because that game is entirely different than what we play now. And, yeah, I've never played it. And I've honestly, it looks so... It's so weird. <laughs> Man, if you pick up old <laughs> GW games back then, yeah. and there was a, a Judge Dread game called uh, Mega City or something like that. It was a board game. Mm-hmm. Man, I recently tried to pull that out during this all COVID stuff and like read the rules. And it's just like, you know, I played this 15 years ago. Somebody taught me how to play. Yeah. There's no way I could learn these rules. And it's just not worth it. So I understand that. <laughs> and I, I feel the same way with that Blood Bowl, be kind of that way. And then with the first edition as well, they also started putting out metal miniatures. And there's a couple of dark elf metal miniatures. Which is funny because I always thought those were just regular elves. And they have regular elves, too. So, like, there's regular elves and dark elves, I think. Well, according to the little flyer I saw, I didn't see anything called regular elves. I just saw dark elf. Okay. Now, I could be wrong, and I didn't go through your box too much, because you have... Well, I have my expertly painted first edition miniatures. Yeah, but he's not painting like a dark elf. He's... Those are awesome, Steve. I know. <laughs> you like <laughs> you use that excuse just to uh they're so nice. A whole Axia team painting. a whole team by Axia painting of first edition models. Well, yeah, this, this whole thing it's not a team, but it's a whole set. Well still. There's no way I could team. afford a team. We're talking I was talking to someone and he mentioned oh, it was someone that wrote in and he was talking about how he was looking for commission painters and he just happened to mention that he had a couple of teams painted by Axia. I was like dude <laughs> that's, that's a good I, chunk of change that's a it? good chunk of change and <laughs> i can't imagine having one team painted by him that's well, still he does such good work yeah he does he's amazing um so yes they put out miniatures then and then second edition rolls around and we get what i think is probably one of the best teams out there to me anyways are you talking about miniature wise yeah the second edition models <laughs> I, I hate saying this because it sounds like I'm the old guy who only remembers things how they used to be, but there's a lot of personality into them. Yeah, and they have feathers on their heads, which not everybody loves. No, but... I, I kind of like those, but I associate a lot of the second edition stuff as the, you know, this is the stuff, one, I grew up on, and yeah. two, we had all those wonderful illustrations, oh, you know, course, mostly yeah. done by Pete. And as everybody probably knows, if you're listening to this podcast for a long time, you know, we're buddies with Pete as well. But that wasn't always the case. I was always a Pete Nifton fan before I ever knew Pete Nifton. Well, that's why he, you know, we reached out. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I was always in love with those drawings. And some of those, the imagery of the Dark Elf was so distinct versus like the regular elves, you know. And yes, these models, I, I think, are wonderful. My... Turin Red Venom, I think, is one of the best star players oh, ever. Oh, yeah. Beautiful model. I have that model painted up and used for my um, Chaos Pack team, or mm-hmm. the Chaos Renegade team, as it's known now. Um, the only problem I ever had with, and it's not really a problem, 
One, I like that most of these models back in the day were like right before the ball got hiked. You know, these are people ready to start moving. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know, I'm not a big fan of like (laughs) these models in motion on a tippy toe about to leap or they're they're leaping and their hair is holding them to the ground or uh, a flock, a, a flower or something like that, because I don't want stuff to break. But regardless, uh, I've never was a fan of the catcher too much. Yeah. Because like, he's looks like he's about to get the ball. So he's kind of like in motion, but I don't know a better way to solve that problem. It just (laughs) visually to me when he's like on the line and you're about to start the game and he's like, catchers are always questionable figures <laughs> they're just they're odd yeah and maybe they're they all do a fine job of showing like this guy's trying to catch the ball yeah. thus i catcher but that was always the one model that i didn't love out of the team but i, I, did, I don't hate it i, don't I hate always it. love the wounded guys like the wounded there's a, yes there's a guy wounded and there's a guy just flared out on the floor um, the kickers, I think, are really cool models. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a... Th- is there a thrower that doesn't have... Or is it a blitzer that doesn't have a helmet? Yeah, there's a thrower. <laughs> and a blitzer, both. Yeah, those are those are great models. I mean, that's back when they made, like, you know, you have six different linemen. You mm-hmm. have, six, you know, good so, stuff. Um, and then third edition comes around, and they put out new models. And these are good, too. They're mostly good. Like, the witch elves, I'm... Not the biggest fan of. I always thought they looked kind of crazy Harriet from Apocalypse looking. <laughs> well, like from Mad Max or something? No, from uh, Apocalypse, uh, Doom's Dark Side. Apocalypse. Mad Harriet. Oh, 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 the comic book. Dark yeah. Side, Apocalypse. Was it Mad Apocalypse. Harriet? Crazy Harriet? or? Um, She was one of the Furies, right? Yeah. She was the Fury that just, she had green and white hair and was always yeah, out was, there. I think it was Mad Harriet, but I Mad could be wrong. Oh. Anyways, it's very Anyways. Kirby-esque. They always reminded me of that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the the witch elf models on yeah. this. Everything else I really like. Um, yeah, I like all the rest. Uh, officially, we never got like an assassin model. We Not in third edition. We did get a cheerleader, though. We did get a... Cool. But we but, did, I guess, technically fifth edition. They put out a couple of assassins. They did, and I think it was meant for the star player, but you could use them. No, not not Harkon, like actual assassin assassins. Was that sold by GW, though? Yeah, they're super rare to find, like this. Okay, all right. Well, you're they're like 100 and some each, basically. Oh, wow. And, of course, you have 1,800 of them. No, I have two. So, if you, I used to have more. I have I'm going to give a suggestion to somebody out there. If you're going to run the assassins, you can buy, if you're buying third edition models, there is a witch elf that is like standing there ready to pounce and then mm-hmm. there's one f- flicking out like her knives like wolverine <laughs> the superhero wolverine yep um i had a buddy who used he got double of those figures and he used the two that were just sitting there with one fist up ready to pounce as his witch elves and the other two he had female assassins yeah that's how i would do it too um there is a harkon miniature out there that's yeah. beautiful um yeah, what about beautiful well, maybe I wanted an assassin so long and never had it that I have. To, I think I have two of those. I'm a big proponent of playing with them just because of the multi mock and stab. Just it's fun. Right. But yeah, the miniature is not one of my favorites. Okay. Well, maybe I'm getting it confused then because I don't have one in front of me. I'm just going from memory here. Hey, he's up there somewhere. Okay. And then we have the, I guess, latest edition models? Six, uh, 2016 models. 2016 models. Yeah. 
Uh, I think they're really awesome looking in when a way. I see them, but they're <laughs> themed very different. Yeah, it's the. I guess it's the sea stuff I don't like, like the scales and the. Which is going to be funny because what we talk oh, about yeah, next is going to really tie weird. into that. Yes, it's a lot of like. It reminds me of stuff from the. I'm not going to say this right. What's the Disney Pirates stuff? Caribbean? Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's, yeah. It reminds me a lot of like those ghouls and stuff on yeah. there. They have seaweed kind of on them. And it's one of those things like when they're painted well, they look amazing. But that's a team that you have to get painted very well for me to like them. That's fair. I think that's the problem. I heard they're a booger to put together. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I don't own them, and I have no need to because I have a Dark Elf team, a third edition one that's painted. Yeah. Um, if I had a choice, I would have a second edition painted, but I don't mind my third ed models. So. They And some of the hardest to find dice out there. The dice? Yeah. Um, yes, Those was, are awesome dice. I finally you know, sold some of my... I had two sets of every dice because I thought my children would play one day. Or if me and Jennifer wanted the same color dice and I wanted to be super themey, super Blood Bowl family. And I decided to finally just sell off the rest of my dice. Yeah. So they are super hard to find. So I know now that I don't have an extra set of those, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to lose one and totally regret selling yeah. that set of dice. It's possible. So, um, And then if we talk about third-party miniatures, there's a ton out there. I happen to have, I guess... Whoever did the pro box, I forget who that was. Was that Iron Golems? I don't know. I'm not going to help you out here because I I, just don't know. Yeah, I did the Kickstarter for the pro box when that was out, and I got the Dark Elves from that. They look really nice. I don't have them painted. But one of my favorite teams, and we'll probably get to this more when I talk about our own personal teams, is I have the Wicked Elves from Shadow Forge as my Dark Elf team, and we'll talk about that later on. But there's a lot of good third-party ones. Okay. Now, as to the fluff of Dark Elves. Okay. What do you remember about that? Um, yeah, so we're going to go straight from memory here. So, um, they kind of... Nagareth is like where America would be mm-hmm. in location. Depending on the edition you look at, yeah. Right, but in general. Um, so, like... All of them where America would be right now is full of, it's Nagareth, right? It's it's this area where the Dark Elves left, I guess, their homeland, and they went and they there populated. There was a civil war with the High Elves. And again, if this is wrong, then don't correct sure. us. We don't care. Um, there was a civil war with the High Elves, so they broke off. They started setting the seas. Yeah, really, Dark Elves are just evil High Elves. Yeah. That's all they really are. So they started hitting the seas really hard. And they had these black fortresses that they uh, the would... The towers. I believe that they would sail the seas them. on. Yeah, something like that. Uh, they have these big towers. Of course, they worship, I think, in the the old school Warhammer lore, the, the god of Cain. I think it's like K-H-A-I-N-E. A-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's like the killer god or whatever. So that's who they worship. And, of course, they torture people. And that's where you got... Second edition didn't have assassins or witch elves, mm-hmm. but third edition did, and that's where you got those. They pulled some of those Warhammer things out to make it, I guess, more fluffy and yeah. kind of closer to that team. So that's where you get these evil witch elves and stuff. Um, so that's where you get that. And if you look, if you get, if you research, like you're building a dark elf team and you want to research, 
they talk about i really can't remember if it's six towers or if it's seven towers but it's something like that yeah and they all have their own kind of unique you know like this is the assassin's guild this is the witch guild or whatever Mm -hmm. and you can read up on that and this is where the royalty lives and stuff like that so and that's all to say that that's a good way to start your background if you want Mm-hmm. And that's how we started ours whenever we made our teams. There's maps out there of Nagareth as well. There's like locate, there's these gates that they use, uh, like a hex gate, I think is one of them. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought about having a team name that, uh, there's like where the Rocky mountains would be. Those are called the black spine mountains. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And that's up in that area. That's where you could find the like black dragons in the lore of, or at least some of the old lore. I mean, to me, no matter where current Warhammer is, go back to the just Wikipedia, you know, get onto one of those Warhammer Wikipedia things and look up Nagareth or Dark Elves and just start clicking those links inside there to find out things. And mm-hmm. that's all you need to grab. This is all made up anyways, right? But it's close. It's it's close like if you're running a role-playing game, which that's what we think Blood Bowl is, right? A of sports role-playing game. Yep. You can grab some of this stuff. It doesn't have to be 100% in the Blood Bowl universe. It's close enough. Yeah. You know, it mirrors off of it. So you could grab like one of those towers or those locations and you could grab a location. I mean, like I said, I was really close to having my black dark elf team called the Black Spine Dragons, you know? Yeah. Because, but that seemed just too simple and too easy. So I, I didn't go with that. So, so that being said, what did you name? Your Dark Elf team. And have you played them in the league or just I have. Um, so this is the team I've taken to tournaments because when I take a team to a tournament, I try to make it like what I would use for a league most of the time. Yeah. And I would say like 95, 98% of the time I have done that. And I've played this in our league up at Wizards. Um, they are called... It's really funny because I'm so stuck on this black spine thing like as a general location... And then I remember thinking of it so much it was keeping me up at night. And yes, people out there, this is how much I love Blood Bowl. And this is why I care when you play my team and your team is named something really stupid. Uh, I wanted something cool. And I was thinking like, well, you know, like the Black Spine Mountains kind of feed up towards what would be like the Dakotas, North and South Dakota yeah. area for like the United States. And I kind of wanted something to play off a direct location instead of like an area. And I came up with like South Dakota, North Dakota, Darkota. And I was like, that's weird. That kind of sounds like it kind of, to me sounded like a throwback to second edition. Cause in second edition you had dark side Cowboys. Yeah. You had dark renegades. Those were dark elf teams to really show that they were dark elves. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're. going to throw dark into there. So Darkota is dark if you take the Oda off of it. Yeah. And so it was Darkota. And then I read so much stuff about the naval fleets and how they're pirates and they go out and do things mm-hmm. and steal and do this and that. I was like, well, they're, you know, somewhere along the way I came up with, I didn't come up. I've read something about. Something called Sea Wolf or something like that is like a pirate thing or whatever. I and I put the two together. Yeah. So it's the Darkota Sea Wolves. And so there you go. So in my fluff, Darkota is a location where they have like it's a place where they 
not only do they love Blood Bowl, but they train some of the recruits to go back on onto their naval ships and stuff like that. Yeah. And the ones who make it are, you know, these uh, great warriors who are called the Sea Wolves, and they're feared and everything else, and that's their Blood Bowl team for that, like, area of the map. There's no specific location, but as close as I can say is you take Nagareth as the United States, <laughs> and somewhere where the Dakotas are, <laughs> you know, are the Dakota Sea Wolves. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, my team, and one of my favorite teams that I've had, um, I also went with the piratey theme and how all that worked out. And I went with the, and really, I don't I don't even know why I came up with the name. I think it just sounded good. Okay. But Black Phoenix Ravagers. And Black mm-hmm. Phoenix is the name of the ship. So that's the pirate ship that they're on. And they go around to different ports in the old world, and they challenge people to matches. And whenever they win, they take them as slaves. So that's how they keep increasing their numbers and making money as they go to different places, challenge teams, and take them over. Nice. So it's, like I said, it's one of my favorite teams. And I got, if any of you know the Shadow Forge Wicked Elves, these are the ones that kind of look like little bondage girls. They're, they're very kind much of. bondage And I don't love that, but I got a good deal on them. And I have a Well, this was ton. early on. It was very early on. This was before you had other Dark Elf models, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. And you got these. I think I had the third elves at the time, but I think I like these better. Well, I think you didn't want to. I, I think we were being the, I don't, Scott has those. I don't want to get those painted. Because mm-hmm. I was doing that too with yeah, some of my teams. Yeah, we were definitely doing that. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of female teams that are very S&M or TNA focused. However, I like this team because the positionals are very clear. And it has a bunch of sideline figures. Yes, I remember it had... I got, who who I, sold? Were these the same people that sold the bunny figures mm-hmm. and stuff? And like the nuns that? and stuff. And the nuns. I, I always wanted a nun team so bad. Yeah. Because I wanted them to be like the female Bright Crusaders. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. That was always been my plan, and I'm just never going to get them now. But. but yeah, this is a team I actually painted myself. You did? Yeah. Let me see those models. At least some of them, I remember. Because I remember this is my team that... I took a lot of pride in painting them. I got them looking pretty nice. And I have, how many figures is that? It's like mm. 26 or something. It's quite a bit here. It's a lot of freaking figures. And this team is the most cursed team I've ever had. Looks like 25 models. As I painted them. You um, painted these? Are you sure? Uh, some of them at least. I may, okay. have, I may have matched to previous ones. Because I remember I was painting and I dropped one that was almost done into the paint. Okay. I also, leaving Brian's house one day, dropped this team. <laughs> yes, I remember this. And at a tournament, um, this is also the team I took to tournaments, and I didn't even change the name. This is Black Phoenix Ravagers because they're cursed. And at a tournament, someone hit the table, and they all flew off, the ones that were in the foam. So, like, I've dropped these. I've dropped them in paint. Um this is the team that when we played in the league, they did great on my side of the pitch. But as soon as they got to the other side of the pitch, they completely broke down. Couldn't do anything. 
I don't get it. The cursed. Did they make it to the finals and lose? I don't think so. Okay. I couldn't tell you, though. It's been a while since we uh, looked through the stats of the yeah. old home league. But, yeah, I, if I remember right, I think you played them two seasons. And that second season, you kind of dominated the league. You were, like, the higher seed in the, the bracket. You got upset, and you ended up going on winning third, if I remember correctly. That sounds right. I think uh, I've played them more seasons than that. You might have. But I think you had, like, your, you know, navally theme dark elf team way before mine Mm -hmm. you know yeah this is one of the older teams yeah i thought it really (laughs) i get what you're saying like you don't really want the sexy models yeah but at the same time i think what you did is you took sexy models i gave you really themed them up yeah so they weren't just like hey here's some naked chicks just because i like boobs oh no and I got the team name after the models too. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were, and you know, we used to write stories or like not stories, but what do you want to call them? Recaps of the games. And yeah. Stuff. We used to do recaps all the time. So our games, I would always play up that if they lost, they got whipped and you know, they got tortured. And then if they ever captured someone, they tortured them. So the S and M stuff went into the fluff of the team. I hate to like let everybody know, but if you go look, you go read a lot of that old school like fluff of like dark elves and stuff. They're mean people. Oh yeah, like, they kill their own people. You know, their sacrifices and all that. So it fits theme wise, even if it's a kinder blood bowl version of it. So to tell you how old these are, I took the Black Phoenix Ravagers to Oklahoma Bowl 2013 and came in third, and took them to the Tulsa Dust Bowl. And got most touchdowns. That's when you were milking the old, uh, you were riding the uh, Horcon train mm-hmm. of multi-block stab. And it was it worked for you at Oklahoma Bowl big time. And that was the only time in the 24 that I rep- repeated a team. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't because that was when we found out we couldn't blitz and multi-block. <laughs> right. Which sucked. I I'd also took him, I took a Dark Elf. The only other Dark Elf team I did was I had a fumble one. Called the Car and Call, Car and Car Hellship. Okay. Again, off of a Car and Car is one of those towers that we were talking about. Those locations specific for that. So that one was nothing to write home about. I think it was in the tough league that Jeffro was running. I know I had some probably some fumbled Dark Elf teams, but I don't. None of those come to mind. Is like. I remember them so much that I want to talk about them. Right. This, the, the, I just had it up. So right. That's why the I... Darkota Seawolves is my Blood Bowl team from here on out. My my team colors for my team is uh, black and purple. Same. Um, <laughs> it was just the traditional black and purple. You know, I I was lucky to get my third elf, third edition team. They were painted, and then a guy got out of Blood Bowl, and he won. He just sold them to me. I think for the same cost that yeah. He, I think he bought like them fifty bucks. Yeah, I got a I got a deal on them. Oh yeah, you did. So, you know, I was talking about the guy who made his witch elves into assassins. That's what I have. I have that team. Um, I always planned on like selling this team because I have a, a complete set of third edition models that I wanted to get. I always wanted to get like I don't know. You know? Are you familiar with Colorado State's colors? The Rams. They're like the Colorado State Rams, and they're this no. like green color with gold almost like the okay the old school st louis rams or la rams but just 
gold for the horns and green for the uniforms. Okay. And I always wanted a dark elf team painted those colors. Um, but as I approach, you know, 47, I'm like, do I want to, you know, like, let's be realistic here. I got 30 years left of playing maybe Blood Bowl. And do I want to even waste time and money when I already have a team that's that works? I don't know. I, I go back and forth with my mortality. and. Well, my also, it doesn't help that, like, I don't think I've played a physical game of Blood Bowl for over a year now. It's been, a, yeah, it's been a while. So um, that does not help. So is there any like players or names that stand out to you um, on, on your team? Not Xenon Coin Taker. That's one. But you had only the, because I named you had, it off I asked Pinball you machine. because I know for sure at the time you tried to be very piratey ish. Yeah. And I didn't know if you had that that spreadsheet up where you had some names oh. because a lot of people have a hard time naming players. And I'm telling you people right now there is a lot of name generators out there. So if you stumble, don't name your players player one, player two, blitzer one, blitzer two. Just go look up Dark Elf name generator and hit the button until you find yeah. a good name. See, I got Sinaz, Whipcracker, Kata Iron Spike, Enril Ghostblade, Laura Woundslasher, Vordad Crystalfish, Siron Burnt Flame, Tondal Deckshaker. Miron Shoresight, Verana Skyglider, Fildrod, Longlash, and Xenon Cointaker. There you go. And Xenon Cointaker was named off of the Xenon pinball machine. Oh, okay. There you go. Because I had that at the time. And Cointaker, part of your pirate stuff. So Yeah, that... and pinball machine. Take yeah. points. That's cool. Um, so some of mine, I try to... so. My idea was is that since these guys are further up north, it's very cold in that area. So I had some players, and you might get some of this here. Um, Loose and Cold Snap. I had a player named Winter Nightlash. Uh, does Derek Bloodwolf s- sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. How so? Just sounds familiar. Oh, okay. So there was a character in <laughs> By Rob Liefeld there in the mid-90s that was kind of a knockoff Lobo named Blood Wolf. So I changed it to Blood, B-L-O-O-D-W-U-L-F. <laughs> and the artist who drew it was Derek Gross. So I put Derek as his first name. And he spelled it kind of weird. So I don't know what the little symbol's called, but it's like D with the A and the E smashed together. Oh, I have no idea. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, though? Uh, that's how he spelled his name. Uh, this guy's name is uh, uh, Joseph with a Z in the middle. Chill. I figured that's very dark elfish. And it's the guy who killed Batman's parents, you know? Yeah. So I got to put a little pun in there and make it dark elfy. Now, these aren't the greatest names. I'm not, like, the most proud of these. There's a Lucifer uh, Morningstar. So I like that because, you know, kind of. And then I have an Isaac Whitefang. So, anyways, I tried to kind of go with the tradition, you know, kind of like you in the the vein of like, yeah, the last names are like two things smashed together because mm-hmm. you see that a lot in Blood Bowl, and then you have just a first name. Um, these names, a lot of these names, came from a Dark Elf uh, generator. Yeah. Um, so I, what I typically do is, if I go to one of those Dark Elf name generators or something like that. 
I don't just take what they give me. I change up. Like if they give me, if I say, give me five names, I might go, Oh, I like this first name. Oh, I like this last name and put those together instead of whatever they gave me. I just like doing it on my own. And then for first names, I try to just bounce around on letters to start with. So I don't have them back to back, like two N's or two D's. Dude, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> After I'm done, I usually go through my roster and go like, oh, here's a, these are bad examples, but oh, here's Bobby Brown. And mm-hmm. then there's Bartholomew Winston. It's like, I can't have two B's right here. Yep. So I'm going to move number 11 to number 14. Oh, I feel better. <laughs> yeah, I found um, the old roster for my team and the 25-14 season um I came in fourth place in Thorpe Division, went to the NIT. Oh, okay. And I had a character named Neroon Keelhaller, which was my mom's name, Noreen, but I just switched the vowels. I gotcha. N O R E E N to N E R O O N. Mm-hmm. Thought that was kinda neat. But I lost my last game to the St. Louis Hams. Oh, man, that was my little halfling team. Uh, yeah, so my season, just so you guys get some idea of some of our other team names, I lost to the Oklahoma Ginger Badgers, lost to the Southland Scrappers, tied the Sylvanian Terrors, lost to Middenheim Wolfpack, tied the Athel Loran Treehuggers, beat the St. Louis Hams, beat Hack and Slashers, beat Scry Saber Gatos, and lost to the Landstall Leopards. Nice. Oh, I miss those days. I know. Those are good days. So many years ago. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll never forget those times. That's for sure. What was I going to go with this? With with team names also. like, Or, I mean, like, player names. You know, I, I also sometimes dig through the fluff. And you're going to see this when we talk about other teams. But, like, I'm... A big fan of saying like, oh, this is the grandson of this player that used to play for the Dark Side Cowboys. You know, so you'll see the same last name with a different first name. And, yeah. you know, part of my fluff will be like, oh, he's supposed to be amazing and ten times better than his dad, but he's cocky or, you know, something like that. Or this guy really sucks. And the only reason he's on the team is because, you know, I'll show this when we talk about human teams, if we ever get there. Um you know, this guy's only on the team because his dad's part, you know, owns some of the stock in the team. And mm-hmm. it was a favor, you know, like he sucks really bad type. Yeah, thing, I'll, so. I'll often have like brothers on the team. Right. Especially like Norse teams. I do that a lot. Well, if you look in the second edition stuff, you'll see like in the, I think it's the star player book on the Elfheim Eagles. You're going to see a lot of players with the last name Moore, M-O-R-R. And I, we just always assume that that was a family of brothers. So. Mm-hmm. Um, my team, I know, <laughs> didn't have the bad luck like your team did. We, we played in one of the leagues up at Wizards. We went undefeated until our, like our final game of the season. We lost two to one. And then in the finals, we played uh, against the, probably the best team in the league. It was a necromantic team. And I had so much, the guy probably kept too many players on his team, but mm-hmm. You know, I do the same thing when I'm playing in these leagues. I hate cutting players because I think, like, 
they're real people and that's stupid. <laughs> but uh, it's like I'll cut the guy at the end of the season because yeah. I'm not going to cut him now in the middle of the season. It's what we do. He has a family. <laughs> um, and I would like to be cut right before the, the finals. You know, He was with the team the whole season. Exactly. He, he earns his spot. And he was necromantic, so he was taking on extra people as he killed them. So he had a hefty roster. I got 300K in inducements, and I took a halfling chef with my dark elf team, mm-hmm. the Darkota Seawolves. And out of his three rerolls that he had per half, I stole five total. God. And <laughs> that was really the difference, and it allowed me to win the game two to one. And it was just like – a amazing story and then in my fluff for our league i i put that you know the real mvp of the game was this little halfling named hams i forgot his name ham something mm-hmm. and you know the dark elves celebrated and and they gave him the the greatest honor ever they let the uh the witch elf of the team sacrifice him <laughs> as soon as the game was over <laughs> so in my mind these this little halfling so happy to be part of the dark elves and they're they love him right now and then they're like all right buddy here you go you can go in this room with this lady and she's like he's like yeah baby and then she just guts him and they bathe in his blood because that's what dark elves do yeah that seems right (laughs) (laughs) or they laugh at him or whatever they do and celebrate so um dark elves are fun i mean you can honestly they're one of my favorite teams game wise and fluff wise both yeah because you can you can do a lot with them you don't have to take the the mean approach to them i mean like kind of have to you you could, but you there's also plenty of like territory in yeah. America or Nagareth that you could say this is a tribe of they're dark elves technically, but they weren't around the other ones, so they're different, you know. Did did now, Brian play the samurai as dark elves? Yes. Uh our buddy Brian Hill. This so this goes into the the side of like we don't need extra teams. This mm-hmm. is how I feel. You know, like, we don't really need a Bretonian team. We don't really need a Black Orc team because you could design your teams around whatever fluff you want. Yeah. And our buddy Brian wanted to do a samurai team so bad. You know, and he looked at some of the fluff where they mentioned Nippon and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And Hoshikomi, obviously. Right. And uh, finally he settled on Dark Elves because they have high agility. Some of them are skilled players. Some of them have knives because the assassins and Mm -hmm. i can't remember his exact team name but they were called the samurai that was their mascot if i remember correctly yeah and um they made it to our finals as well but they were a really good solid team and he had little ninja models and they worked great for that so they were good proxies for you know ninja team so don't think that just because something doesn't exist, like there's not a ninja team out there, here's my proposed idea to GW, I'm going to send it to them and we need a ninja team. No, you don't need a ninja team. Just mark your models well and buy some models that you need to represent them. Right, exactly. Are you checking it out right now? Yeah, I was like trying to see if I could find it. I was... It was like Sinjiku Samurai or something like that. I found. I was I looking at the Ashfall Scorcher as my Amazon team. I thought they played them, but... No, it was a little bit later. It was the era when um, the Washington Deadskins, I think, were the ones who lucked into beating. I think he had some bad dice rolls near the end of the game, and that's allowed the Washington team to hmm. to win. Who was the Drakenhof Bloodshanks? Drakenhof 
Blood Shanks. That was John Brees's Skaven team. Oh, that's right. So, which really fits now if, you know, you had, if you had the, well, not maybe now. Didn't they take away the stabby thing with the Skaven catchers? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Shinjuku Shadows. Shadows. Okay. They weren't the samurai. Yeah. Even better, because that's kind of dark elfy too. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you could say that was, they really were dark elves that were like a tribe over in that That region. was back with the Trackwall Demons and the Niflheim Mullers, Landstall Leapers still, Isla Corsco Pogos, Washing Tomb Deadskins, Sylvanian yep. Terrors, Orca Goba City Thunder, Hana Barbarians, New World Patriarchs. Yep. Some good stuff. Uh, the good old Hana Barbarians. Um, do you have anything else to say about this? I think that we, we could help people. I guess my main thing here, and what we're always going to be preaching here, is just don't do don't, your own thing. Don't don't get a horse racing team name. Yeah. No, if you're playing playing dark elves, don't play dark elf team five. Or we really hate halflings. Oh, my dark elf team's called We Really Hate Halflings. Stabby McStabby it's like face. You would not in real life. Or even in a make-believe role-playing world, people would not pay money to go into the stands to play this. Yeah. I'm not going to go watch Stabby McStabby Face versus, what was the arcade one? <laughs> arcade Orcade? Warriors. Orcade Warriors, whatever. That Chances team? Yeah. It was something like that. But they were called Orcade just for a while. Yeah. Which, it's funny, I get it. It's just not for me and Steve, that's for yeah. sure. And. Blood Bowl is a sports role-playing game. So much that when we played the Warhammer role-playing game when I was a kid with Robert and Gary, Mm -hmm. we just included Blood Bowl part of it. Like, if we were in a town, we'd maybe try to catch a Blood Bowl game. And I'm going to include it when I start playing D&D this weekend with my children. Not in the first story, but I'm going to kind of mesh Warhammer and D&D together in the fact that, like, not every goblin's evil, Mm -hmm. but they're, you know... They're Shady. naturally kind of sneaky anyways, yeah. but there might be a good goblin that helps them out. And they're probably eventually going to wind up in a town where people are playing a sport called Blood Bowl. And mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to do that. My kids know that I play a lot of Blood Bowl anyway, so it's not going to be anything different to them. Indoctrinate them young. <laughs> well, they're not so young anymore. Well, but, true. But anyways, I kind of want to include some of that because I think it's good. And people are not going to go... Watch a team called We Are Green or We Smash <laughs> Elves or what other dumb team name there is. And Understood. That's where I loathe Fumble so much. However, we are not gatekeeping. If that's how you like to play, feel free. But if you're playing with other people. I'm kind of gatekeeping. Uh, I understand. <laughs> uh, I think that's it for Dark Elves, right? I think so, too. Uh, I think we explained now how yeah. we came up with our teams and why and the fluff. And get out there. There's... Plenty of stuff out there. And to this wiki. is our first attempt at this. So if there's, if you like this format, which I think this worked out pretty well. Yeah. And if then, there's a suggestion like you didn't mention this, let us know. Yeah. We're happy to change it. Because we do plan on trying to do this almost every month with a new team. Yeah. So. Gives us at least 24 to 26 <laughs> episodes worth of stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, is, there, is there a Dark Elf star player that you just love? I love right Hor- off hand. I love Horkon. Horkon is your guy? Multi-block stab. I mean, that's just so fun. Who is the guy that they brought back that had Wrestle? He's a lineman now. I don't know if he's still around with the latest edition, 2020. Oh, I don't know. 
It wasn't Odom Khan, was it? I don't. I liked um, Dolphar Longstride. No, Dolphar was a kicker. Yeah, I liked him. He was dumb. He's a high off kicker. Yeah, but he, oh, he could I, play I, for Dark I remember Elves, the right? last thing I wanted to okay. ask you. Um, when I think of Dark Elves, I think of the guys who stay in caves or in the dark, and they do all their stuff at night, so therefore they have light, pale skin. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, like our buddy Sarge, when I requested that they have pasty white skin, he's like, why do you want this? Because he came from a different time where, you know, they just had normal elf skin. They just acted different. How is your, your models painted pasty white? Um, they're painted regular human colors. Okay. I was just curious. But they're meant to be, you know, multiple things. I just happen to use them for dark elves. Right. Okay. Um, no problem. I was just curious. If I did, I would probably do pasty white. Because if I remember right, the latest GW team is kind of pasty white. Mm-hmm. So that's where I get. But also, you could do like, is it Dritz or the the from D and D D for they have dark like, like black charcoal skin. skin. Yeah. yeah, you could do that too. Oh, you, there's plenty of things to do. Yeah. I've seen some people do blue, which actually works. Yeah, like a cool. light blue works mm-hmm. really well. You could do a million things on these. I was just bringing that up because everybody does something Everyone's different. different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We shall be back with the, the 2020 edition of Downey. I'm so excited. Welcome back. And it's time for the 2020 edition of The Downies. And if you're not familiar with The Downies... Still trying to get used to that effect. It's not that good. Um, <laughs> if you're not familiar with the Downies, it's our yearly tradition of going back and looking at tournaments and things that we did in the previous year and giving our best and worst. Yeah, it's like awards. It's like, kind of yeah. like our fun yeah. award show, favorite tournaments you've been to, favorite Blood Bowl thing you acquired. Something right, like that. something like that. So for the 2020 Downies, Scott... We ain't got nothing, Steve. We only went to two tournaments, or I did. You went to one. You hosted one. There ain't no downies. I didn't even go to one. I just hosted it. Yeah. So. No downies. Okay, downies will be back next year. So we'll be back shortly. Welcome back. We are here with some beginner's guide to Blood Bowl tips. Sounds good. And I don't know how long we're going to rant on this, but there's a few things that we definitely want to cover. And again, and we, if you're new to the podcast, we don't we don't like write a script. This is all just off the top of your head. Oh, no. <laughs> Very rarely do we even have a, like a post-it note of like notes. We just we're kind of off the cuff guys. Yeah. And like that's the good and the bad about the podcast. Yeah, it's mostly the good. <laughs> um Sorry, there was no downies this year. Uh, there just wasn't, you know. Yeah, was... Did you even play a tournament officially last year? No. Okay, I played what? I played Oracle Bowl, I think, because the odd man out. Oh, did I, I play Spiky? I don't I, remember I if don't, I did. I don't think you did. I don't think you played any events no, last year. I don't think I did. I played Chaos Cup and that, and that's just not enough events to like even talk about. No, so they understand. We'll, we'll, we'll throw them in to hopefully this year. Hope so. So before we go into Beginner's Guide... There was a announcement, right, about like tournaments, because we're gonna give tips about tournaments or things to play Blood Bowl. Announcement there... about tournaments. Yeah, 
like a positive thing of being hopeful for next year. Oh, this Chaos year? Cup? Chaos Cup. Oh, okay. I was like, I didn't know where you are going. I'm sorry, that. I know. There was no <laughs> notes on this. That's why you're like really lost. No, yeah. Chaos Cup was announced. Uh, it's going to be September 25th, 26th at the Rosemont again in sure Chicago. Is it 25th, 26th? Or yeah. is it 24th, 25th? 24th is the Friday. 25th and 26th is the okay. weekend. Yeah, I double checked. Okay. So that's good. It's mm-hmm. at the same location if you were there last year. It's a really cool hotel. Or I guess for the last three, two years. Last two years. Yeah. Yeah. I went one year without you. You went one year without me. That's right. And hopefully this next year we both get to go. Yeah. It's quite a ways away. So like normal COVID stuff, I don't make plans until about three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you just can't. You just don't know job situation. <laughs> Best case scenario then, we've got our vaccines and things are mostly good. And if we have to wear a mask still, I'll go. Well, I'll, be, I'll be more comfortable at that time if I've got the vaccine. Sure. Um, I think it's positive that Jeffro's already planned that far out mm-hmm. and gives, you know, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel type thing of maybe things kind of being somewhat normal. Yeah. And, um, and we realize there are some tournaments that are still going on. Sure. More power to you. Not happening here. So really, this segment is for you new people. Or maybe some of you veterans that haven't maybe uh, clued in yet why people are really confused maybe about like your models or other little beginner yeah. things. Um, where do we want to start? So I think one of the most recent things we see asked is, my character has skills, how do I denote that for the other players? Mm-hmm. Now obviously, you should have a sheet, and whenever you're playing someone, you print off your roster for yourself and them. But that's not always the best way to do it. Right. So, um, skills. You know, yeah, like you said, a lot of people go, well, I clearly marked this guy number four. It should be obvious that number four is a blitzer and he has the skill, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, Mighty Blow. Yeah. Um, I think what I use is those little loom bands mm-hmm. that, you know, little kids make bracelets and stuff over. Or hair bands. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to go traditionally what I use. When, when you go to tournaments, most of the time you see a lot of block, dodge, wrestle, guard. Yep. For sure. And maybe some mighty blow. And then you have some weird skills as well. Frenzy, etc. Yeah. Et so I try to stick with red. I try to make like, this is my frenzy piece. Mm-hmm. This is my mighty blow piece. This guy's marked with red. It's aggression. So if you're not familiar with the NAF... Nuffle and Oracle Football. Um, the NAF.net is the website for the NAF organization. They're ones that we turn to whenever we post tournaments up, and they have rules discussions and rules committee for the tournaments, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, if so you, you they, want rankings and yeah, stuff Yeah, they like that. also have conven- a convention of how the skill rings should go. So I don't and know if mine match theirs. Red is for danger. Oh. Mighty blow, okay, or frenzy, something like that. Hmm, I wonder if they got anything from us. Uh, uh, let me continue okay. from my memory, and we'll see what they say. Well, they only have three others, so oh, okay. I'm pretty sure they all match. Um, <laughs> I also go with blue for block, yep. because it starts with the letter B, at least. B L. You know, I guess if I was in Spanish-speaking countries, it would be Azul, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that would not work, but I'm going to be a very American here and say my way's the right way. B for block. Yeah. Um, I've seen people do black for block, which I don't recommend because a lot of times a lot of people paint models darker. Yeah. And black gets lost in the model, whereas It really blue, does. Uh, I'd be aware of, if you can avoid it, a dark blue loom band. 
also gets lost. So I t- typically try to use a light blue yeah. loom band for a very. If it's very clear. Um, green for guard. Yep. GG. Also very clear. Um, I'm curious to what I use dodge for purple. Now they might not. Nobody uses dodge for purple. Okay, I'm the weirdo. Purple for dodge. Yeah, you're the weirder on that. Okay. It's yellow. Okay. Yellow is always dodge. See, I always use yellow for tackle. Uh, okay. But yeah, yellow is always dodge. So this is where I differ, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I look at yellow being bright and letting you know that I can tackle you kind of almost like the, you know, red light, green light. I use know, yellow for yellow light, ding, you know, caution. Well, that's this what guy's going to dodge out. Or he's not going to fall down as easy. I guess I look at it the other way. It's yeah, that's like, fine. You better watch out because this guy, if you have dodge, mm-hmm. caution, this guy can tackle you. <laughs> Anyways, I, that's how I always started. So that's usually where I go. And then I use orange always as like if I had something else. Hey, I want to try strip ball yeah. or I want to try leader or I want to try sure hands. I use orange for that. I will, Am I forgetting a color that's obvious? No, I mean, those are the main ones. I will usually use pink for oh, I, stat I increases. Okay, yeah, that's or right. Or white. You're right. Well, not white, but yeah, pink. I forgot white. Increases. White I usually use for wrestle as yep. well because WW. Exactly. Um, I think if you, mainly if you keep the danger ones red, mm-hmm. blue for block, green for guard, white for wrestle, you got most of your skills for tournaments covered. Yeah, and you really do. Um, so I highly recommend getting some of those bands. They're very cheap. We have them on bothdown.com slash shop. Yeah, they're cheap there too. So you can get you a package of those. I usually carry, if I go to tournaments, extra yeah. of those main colors because I'm not really worried about the guy with sure hands or leader but I, or kick. I'm more worried about the guy with guard, block, dot, you know, stuff like also, that. And if they're not marked, I say, you mind if I mark your guys real quick? Exactly. If you're at a tournament or even at a local game and they don't have bands on them and you want to put bands on them, just be very nice and go, hey, uh, would you mind if I put bands on them? If it's a local game and they say no, then if you have a league commissioner, you might be able to override that. I know at our tournaments, if someone wants to put bands on them, they're putting bands on them. Yeah, and the guy might say, yeah, you can grab my models or like, I'd rather you not touch my models, but I'll put them on for you. And also, I mean, if it's like a $600 painted team... I don't blame them. Yeah, but also don't bring that to a tournament. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get that either, you know, um, so... Other ways to identify figures... I mean, that's really all it... That's all that's for, for the skills. loom bands and yeah. skills. I don't know of a better way. I've seen, like... My no. friend Gary has some bases for his... I believe it's his salon team. Yeah. Where he can clip in little skill things. Mm-hmm. It holds up to four. Those are cool. Those when are they, very when nice. When they stay on. They're also fairly expensive compared to loom bands. Yeah. They are They are nice and they're color-coded very similar to what we're just telling you about. I really liked the puzzle. But I would never buy them. I really like the puzzle piece things that the World Cup did. But that's only good for like basic skills. Right. And again, expensive and hard to get hold of. Um, as for your actual team to make sure that they are easy to identify. We have broken down this before, but there's three ways to identify a team. I, your team should have two of these to make it easily identifiable. They need to be numbered. 
They need to be positionally correct. So a catcher looks like a catcher. A thrower looks like a catcher. <laughs> a thrower looks like a catcher? thrower looks like a thrower. Yeah, yeah. So we get confused easy. Everything should look like a catcher. It makes everything much easier. <laughs> Everybody's a catcher <laughs> from but now on. <laughs> numbered, positionally correct, and base colors. So you can color code your base. And the NAF also has this listed, so I'll read their version, and you can tell me what you think. Okay. Because you'll probably be different. Uh, blockers should be green. Blitzers should be red. Catchers should be yellow. Throwers should be white. And linemen should be gray. Okay. And that's the ring on the base. So I was really against this when I first started actually going to tournaments because I was like, oh, my models don't look as good. I want them to all have like a green base because yeah. the field is green or the field I'm using is astro granite so they all have gray. And you know, we honestly were all against it at the beginning. And you mentioned like back in second edition, they had second, those skill uh -huh. rings. Second edition, they had base little rings. bases that were t smaller that had little rings that you could clip on them and then put your miniature in yeah. to denote thrower. And I think this is where the NAF is getting their their skill color, ring, yeah. their colors from. Um, I Like I said, I was really against this for a while. And then I realized like a tournament team, when you go to a tournament – should be so obvious who what who is what position to the other guy. I I never want I want to win every game and I get usually angry if I don't. But I want to win because either like I feel like my skills won me the game. You know, I don't want to feel like I cheated right. like by getting a rule wrong and I don't want to feel like I won by being deceptive. Yeah. And um a couple examples was is early on I remember playing an undead team and now I don't think I would have a problem at all. But at the time, I was new to tournaments. And the guy had, I really think what he did is he had models from like other teams to make an undead team. Because it was like, these orc models here, they represent this. Uh, they're the whites, because they're undead, you know, yeah. orc whites. And these these uh, zombie model, I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe it was like Kimry linemen. The ones with the skulls underneath them are the zombies, and the ones that don't have skulls underneath them on their base are, you know, skeletons. Well, yeah. It was confusing. It was very confusing for me at the time. Again, now after playing nearly 200 games, I don't think I would have a problem. But at the time, it was very difficult. You had an example, I think at your first Chaos Cup, it was like the guy with the horn has a mighty blow or... Or doesn't have Mighty Blow or something I, like that. Something along those lines. It was something that probably now you probably wouldn't have had a problem yeah. with. You also would have had loom bands mm -hmm. with you and you would have marked them clearly. And so yeah. would have I. And I think <laughs> I think our understanding of how to me man, we were just really rambling. To me, my understanding of the three way method, having two out of the three, mm -hmm. really came into focus after the Chaos Cup where I took my human team. Fifth Ed Human Team, numbered correctly, positionally correct, because it's the exact Fifth Ed Human Team. From GW. But people were confused by it, because they hadn't seen that team too often. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, it's the exact team from GW. These are blitzers, those are catchers, etc., etc. So, it's then I realized that, well, maybe you need to have the bases color-coded, to help people as well. Right. And then we started doing that. 
And honestly, like taking my Dark Elf team, for example, I love having those bases colored for the different positions. Too. Now, you're going to run into some people who are colorblind, so they're going to have yeah. problems seeing those things. that's fine. But I thought it would take away from how they look on the pitch. Mm-hmm. They, they really don't. And actually, again, taking my Dark Elf, for example... I don't typically go with those color, you know, concepts that NEF puts out or that you would or, you mm-hmm. know, I take my team's primary colors and use those to color my bases. Okay. So for my team, you know, I had purple, I had some silver, I had some black, you know, that's what I would use to color, color my bases. And then blue for offset. So I just made it look nice to me versus so much... You know, white has to be a thrower, red right. has to be a blitzer, stuff like that. So I'm going to tell you how I color code mine. Um, and if to me, if you col- at tournaments, if you color code your bases most of the time, you mm-hmm. still need the numbers. Yeah. But you almost could get away with not having the numbers. Well, it also depends on the team. Right. I guess it does. Um, I think the numbers really come in when you have somebody who maybe is colorblind and can't see the color, mm-hmm. so they need that extra aid. But like... I've played against a team that were marked correctly with their bases that I had no problems with. Yeah. And that was the simple only thing I needed. So traditionally what I do is this is Scott Prime's rule for uh, color coding bases. I hate white bases and I hate yellow. And traditionally when you ask people to like, hey, I'd like to commission a team. I'd like them to be all white with this. You hear people go, oh, I hate paint white or, mm-hmm. or yellow is really difficult. Um, I like white numbers on my bases, whether I hand paint them or I put those little, what are they called, Slater numbers yes. that we get from Impact yeah. and then paint them white. I like the white to pop out. So I, you know, you can't put white on white. So that doesn't work. And traditionally... White on yellow doesn't work so great either. If we were better painters, we could put like a little black box around. I don't like doing the the black box thing. So I I do. Okay. It also just depends. Sure. And other people will tell you it's really easy to do or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't like doing that. I like having the solid color base with the number that's there and sticks out. And it's clear, super clear to see. So I go with red for like blitzer type positionals. So that would also be the white, the wraith. Which elf? The witch, well, no, not the witch elf. Oh, because it's okay. I see because there's already a blitzer on there. If there's a blitzer on the team, yeah, that is what gets the red position. Mm -hmm. Uh, Half hopeful. I use blue for like the catchers. So the red is for the aggressors because your blitzers are going to be aggressive and try to do the tackling. Um, I do blue. And usually, typically, a lighter shade of blue, so you can really see it pop on the field for, like, catchers. What's the Norse guy that comes? Runner. The runner. Dwarf runners. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's, in my brain, I've justified it that they're calm and cool. They don't mind having the ball. Oh, also, they used to have the cool stat. Well, yeah, from second edition. Yeah. Yeah. There was an extra stat called cool to help them catch. So that's where I go with the red and, and blue. And then for the lineman positional or the zero to 16 positional, I do kind of like, I I, forgot what the technical color is. It's a boring green color. Yeah. I usually Um, keep them black. um, A lot of people do keep them black. I keep them this kind of like boring green, almost like a camo green. I think it's like gotcha 
Gretchen green or something like that. It's a darker shade of green. But to me, the lineman positions are on the line. Therefore, the fields, most of the pitches are green. So therefore, they get that green color. Mm -hmm. Um, If I had, so this would be like if I had a human team, I would have red for the blitzers, blue for the catchers, all the linemen would be green. If I had a big guy, this is kind of where it varies. He would probably be, have a black base. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, big guy, black, BB. Or I would give him a purple one. And purple's weird, but I always think I of like, like purple. purple sticks out. And like, this is really dumb, but like, you're not going to, you might outsmart the big guy on a team. But if you were in that universe, you wouldn't mess with them too much because mm-hmm. they're kind of, the king on the pitch, they're going to survive the most. They're also going to be capable of killing you if you make them mad and tease them and they punch you because they have mighty blow. Yeah. So they're the royalty, the kings on the pitch. Uh, okay. So that's where I got purple from. Um, and then for throwers, it's boring. It's not very pretty, but I always do brown. Don't know why. Maybe because they hold almost all their models hold a football and it's brown, okay, yeah. like the leather football. Sure. That is the conventional naming, like, colors I use. All those colors work well with a white number on the base. Yeah. Um, again, I don't like white or yellow on my bases. Now, some teams, like the old school orcs, uh, they have black orcs on them, right? So you could use black for the black orcs. That's very obvious. Yeah. Or even a brighter green to denote that they are different than the linemen. They're stronger or whatever. So my dark elf team, I'm looking at now my blitzers are silver linemen are purple, Witch elves are red throwers are blue. And then sideline figures are green. Okay. And then my, um, just random fill in people are black. Right. I mean, I have so many freaking players. And and there's, you know, I don't keep, I try to keep to this rule, but like you, I've sometimes went ahead and said, oh, my team colors are this. I have three team colors. I have three positionals yeah. on this team. I'm just going to do this. And I think ultimately it doesn't matter for the bases because you, when you go up against somebody, you just tell them this color is this, this color is that. And that's right. pretty much what it comes down to. I really still think, I, and I strongly believe that like you should keep the guys who are running the ball or catching the ball blue and the aggressive guys red but that's just me like yeah. if i have a vampire team yeah all the vampires are gonna have red bases all the thralls are gonna have that green color makes sense um it blends really well too with like the grass stuff you know to have the lime i also to mark not always but i try to have some type of line like if you paint like a hash mark line on yeah. your bases some people do some people don't yeah i'm iffy on that I am too. I go back and forth, but sometimes on some teams, my linemen have a line somewhere yeah. to denote also that they're linemen just by glancing at them. Yeah. I, That's something you don't have for to For linemen, I, I would see it, but... Um, I know some people, like, you I know, think... put little rocks or something on there to show, like, they do other things. Um, I'm going to give another example. So I'm, I'm having an uh, Old World Alliance team painted. Oh, speaking of Old World Alliance. Sure. Um, where I, I finished a an insert for Blood Bowl Team Manager and all the expansions, forgot completely that Old World Alliance was mentioned in there. 
as one of the factions. It's one of the three factions, right? Yeah. Was it was it dwarves, humans, elves, or something? I think so. It's okay. been a while. Okay. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that it, I saw OWA and I'm like, oh wow, I forgot about that. Yeah. So they they reached back. Yeah. You know, or that's been around like a plan or a, a verbiage. Yeah. Anyways. For a while. Um, so I have an old World Alliance team that I got commissioned to get painted. And I like the colors on the box. You know, like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people in, hell, 10 years ago, if I would have saw that the color on the box is purple, I would have said, I, my team's got to be different. And it's got to be gold and uh, yellow or something goofy, you know, right? Gold I don't and wanna... yellow don't mix well. No, those, that's a bad example. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I would go against what GW yeah, of suggests. Course. Yeah. Um, but I actually like purple a lot, and I like how they look. So... I'm getting close to commission to similar to that team. That's cool. Um, he knows that, you know, I already told the guy, like, I'm going to repaint the bases once you give them back to me to mar- match my positionals. I had a number scheme for them. But um, he came in with me as, like, I guess he knows, you know, like, I'm going to use color things. So for the for the five dwarves... Uh, the Blitzer has kind of like red gems, yeah. crimson gems on him, because he really wanted to paint the gems up and maybe be different. Uh, the Runner, we're going with blue. Nice. The Troll Slayer, we're going with like uh, obsidian black, because yeah. you know he wants to die in the fluff. You know, technically yeah. they want to die gloriously in battle. And then of course all the linemen are going to have emerald gems. So not only will I have that on the base, <laughs> but those models will have it. God, that's a team that's going to be horrible to come up with enough colors for the bases. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will probably, I mean, like, it luckily the dwarf linemen and human linemen models look enough different that yeah. those will just be green bases. I, I get it. Um, but that reminded me, do you remember right when we started, I had my uh, elves, dwarves, and dungeon bowl models. The In that edition of dungeon bowl, there was just an, or there was a, dwarf team yeah all the same models 16 players yeah and an elf team yeah. just standing there do you remember my team yeah. i painted them in like easter egg colors like mm-hmm. light blue and light pink um i <laughs> this is back before we had bases painted do you remember how i painted them though Mm-mm. so all the linemen had blonde hair because the models are very plain dwar- elves standing straight up yeah. remember that so all the elves all the elf linemen had blonde hair. Yeah. The catchers had blue hair. Yeah. The throwers had green hair. And then the two elves that could either be for, you know, your, at the time, uh, pro elves, wood elves, or high elves, the two blitzers that really stand out, I painted them silver. Almost, They had silver hair. They had yeah. silver costumes or like metal. And then they had just little hints of blue and pink on them. So they really stood out of like, these guys are blitzers. Yeah, absolutely. And I got so many compliments on like, oh, but once I told people like, all the blonde guys are linemen. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh. And I think it was at that point that I realized like, maybe I should start doing the bases too. Yeah. So. That was really cool when you played Christopher Walken that one tournament. Oh. Oh. Oh, great. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, it's horrible. He but... was not a very good player. I beat him. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of old. <laughs> he said he had a watch in his butt for like several <laughs> years. 
<laughs> very uncomfortable place. <laughs> Anyways, these are all like helpful hints that if you're going out to a tournament or going to the pub or yeah. playing in your league, make um, it obvious. You don't want anybody to say like, "Oh, I would have, I would have won if I would have known this." Yeah, that's so annoying. Or I lost because I didn't realize this was this. And right. Um, anything else? Turn your figures halfway around when they're done. Yeah, we were going to talk about that. So when you take an activation, yeah, I know there's some people that turn them sideways. I turn them all the way around the opposite direction. Yeah, to really denote like this guy's made a move. It's very clear. And then I turn all my models back facing the opponent. Mm -hmm. So every turn it's the same. You go back and forth, right? Yeah. I can't do that because it's I just forget. It's natural if, to me. I understand. My problem happens is if I roll like a double skull early in the turn. It will happen. And then like I go, which way am I going? And I don't want to do that. Yeah, that'll happen. And also a blitz marker is not a bad thing at a tournament. Like at the World Cup, I had a blitz marker and typically I don't use it. I think it would have been awesome there with the different languages and stuff to really show this guy is taking a blitz. And I did that. So when I played and when my opponent took a blitz either way i put the blitz marker like where the guy was and then i put it to the side showing that they have blitzed i had two one for me mm-hmm. and one for them so that there was no confusion well, I, I didn't need two, just one but back and forth for right. the turns um but yeah that way there's no confusion like oh did i blitz oh is this your second blitz because as stupid as that sounds like you're beginning you're like oh there's no way i'm gonna forget you're gonna forget Right. You're going to play a tournament, you're going to be busy trying to look 25 moves ahead, and you're going to forget that you blitzed and try to do it again, and it just becomes uncomfortable. So you put that token down saying, I've already blitzed. Or you move your figure, and then you go, mm-hmm. okay, where did I blitz from? Because you yeah. like, you've already pushed the guy, and you maybe want to get in a different type of position. Yeah, and I use dice for that, too. Like, if I move somebody, I'll put a die in the position where I left them. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm playing against someone... And I'll do, like, battleship rules. Like, if they moved from four lines in, three rows up, I will go four lines in, three rows up, and put a die there. And typically they don't know I'm doing this, but I'll either, like, hold my finger over the figure, or if there's one there, I'll put a die there, or whatever. Something so I know where they left, if it's important. Right. Well, and mean, then if they, they're like, well, I wasn't there, I go, no, I know for sure you were. Well, how? Because I keep track. <laughs> well, I and, mean, you you have to because yeah. I think part of playing Blood Bowls at tournaments, home leagues, wherever, um, it's important that you both pay an atten- yeah. attention because, like, there's going to be some people who cheat yep. intentionally, and there's going to be a p- people who accidentally cheat just because they forgot what to do. Yeah, it happens a lot. Um, I mean, Gary's played for, you know, <laughs> 30 years. And at times, he'll instinctively just push a guy in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and I really way. don't think he's cheating. No. I think he just knows that, boy, it'd be more convenient if that guy was there. Yeah. And then I, you know, remind him, like, you can't push that way. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, and I don't think he's cheating at all i just think that that's like it's like <laughs> when you go and i'm gonna bl- blit oh man i've already blitz man i really wanted a second mm-hmm. blitz because i set all this up because 
you just lose your mind sometimes in those big turns that I've mean totally a lot. Totally been there. Our friend Alan's been there many times where he's <laughs> one to blitz, pick up the ball and throw it. And it's like you can't do that. Yeah. So you can now use multiple re rolls in a turn, correct? Until this gets changed. Uh, yeah. That's kind of the general consensus. Yeah. Last yeah. I saw. Here's what I recommend. If you have, do not use the reroll counter where you count down. No. I highly recommend that you find three pennies, uh, three rocks, three coins, three whatever jewels, using, whatever dice. you use to keep your rerolls, put them off to the side. And as you use them, place them on that turn. Yep. Now, in the, it worked really well with the old rules. And I still think eventually they're going to say that you can only use one reroll per turn. We'll see. It'll still work well this way. Right. If I'm on turn two and it's the very beginning turn, I roll double skulls. And let's say it's a very meaningful turn. Let's say this is turn seven, actually. I roll double skulls and then I use a reroll. And then, like, we're taking a very long turn. We have the commissioner of the league come over and answer a couple rule questions because we're both in, mm -hmm. we don't agree. And then, like, it's late in the turn and I, oh, I'm going to hit you for one dice and I roll a skull or a push and I go, I'm going to reroll that. Steve can easily go, no, you've already put a marker on turn seven. Yeah. And then if I go, no, I didn't. And then he can go, no, you did this. Remember? Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Whereas if you just move that thing, count it down, yep. it's way open for people to argue. And I've seen people get, not with me, but violently angry <laughs> that they were so sure. And then I've heard other people talk about how it was BS that I lost. Yep. This guy was convinced that I've already used a reroll. And they were... They were wrong. It it also helps. But I've seen other people be on the other side of the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it also helps when you forget what turn you're at, too. For sure. Because that'll help. You know, if you used a reroll on turn five, and you're not sure if it's turn seven or six, <laughs> it's easier to remember, you know, two turns ago right. versus all seven. Right. So that's helped a lot, too. Yeah. So that's another reason to do that. So that might help you out. That'll maybe keep you out of arguments um is there other things that you can think of right there's now? there's a ton of stuff that we could go sure into, but, but this I is mean, just kind of like a basic beginners right. look into stuff these um, things will help you because yeah. some teams where it's obvious to you because you play humans all the time like you said at chaos cup when you were playing with that awesome human team yeah. from gw it wasn't obvious mm -hmm. i think you told me that four or five games how people it was were confused. crazy and these Imperial Nobilities, especially in the new box set. Yes. It's kind of said who the Blitzers are and who's not. But, but there's still confusion. Right. So if it's if you color your bases, I know people are coloring the plumes. And I know the plumes are different colors, too. So and different, different numbers. numbers is what I meant. Yeah, but all it's going to take is somebody converting right. one guy to be that lineman position. And, mm -hmm. oh, well, this guy with three plumes is actually this. I think this is... Part of the reason, you know, some people are asking, like, how do you differentiate them? You color those bases, you don't have to worry about it. Right. And you're done. So. But, yeah, I think that's it for now on this. And uh, if you want to be super deceptive, you know, you just, like, uh, buy some minions <laughs> and glue them to back black bases. Don't put numbers on them. And then buy, like, light green and, like, dark green bands maybe to denote the positionals and really confuse somebody. <laughs> I've played teams that are... Very similar on the figures, mm -hmm. but the rings are different, so I had no problem. Right. Like, they can be all fuzzballs, but if it's 
an ogre team and there's only two positions, okay, no problem. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah whatever. I mean, some teams are really it's like, awesome. Oh, it's lizards. I got skinks. I got saurus. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's an easy Rock one, on. right? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we'll be back with shoutouts. All right. That's oh, epically a, awesome and annoying at the same so time. So bad. <laughs> wow. Let's never do that again. The feedback's either going to be wonderful or like, dude, you broke my headset. I uh, hate your guts. Or both. <laughs> Possible. So to start off with shout outs, we did have a contest. And honestly, let's talk first, I guess, um, we talked about last time those dice, and you said you wanted them, and you actually got them for Christmas. Yeah, I did. I got so, some for Christmas. There you go. A little elf gave me some, which was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I also got the um, coins and the patches, you know, that were at stores. So yep. Those are pretty cool. You can thank me and Chance for that. <clears throat> you he, and Chance? Well, he mentioned on the podcast that he had some left. I'm like, do, oh. you, do you still have some? Because I need them. And he's like, yeah. I go, send some for Scott, too, and I'll... That's why I said from Santa Chance. Oh, okay. I gotcha. But, um, yeah, so for the contest, we had a bunch of people. Dude, like thousands of entries. I don't know if it was thousands. Hundreds was... of entries. We're going to have to roll a D100 here. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, I'm just going to run down a few of them that we haven't replied to because we haven't replied to all of them because I thought Scott God, was going to. There's so many. And, it's um, overwhelming. I'm just going to say we were waiting for the podcast before we replied. Uh, Charles Howard, Jason Jason McFarland, Mark Zuckerman, Steve Williams, Phil Boner, Moon Webster, Ross Bunn, Spencer Stevens, Ashley Piercy, T- Joe Smith, A.J. Murray, Jim Giordano, Brendan Smith, Jason Campbell, Alberto Machado. Uh, Jim Giordano, isn't that the guy from DC Comics? <laughs> no, there's a... Was it Dick Giordano? Dick Giordano. <laughs> uh, okay. Does Maybe guy... it's his like, kid or something. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Wasn't he an editor in like the seventies? He was a drawer, I thought, like an artist editor. I don't know. It's been a while. Anyways, yeah, he he was something. He um, worked on comics. Yeah, <laughs> he might have. So he might have been an editor too. We did ask for a bunch of feedback or any feedback because you know we yeah. enjoyed feedback. It wasn't you know super restrictive. No, and I'm just going to go over a few things. We had people from England and Australia and America and everywhere. So it was awesome. Yeah, we had so many entries. Uh, one person wanted us to get a designer on the show, and we've tried and are continuing to try. And it's just, I mean, it's just. A real designer from GW is like, you know, finding treasure out there in the, the wilderness. Wh- while they're currently working there, yes. Yes, for sure. I mean, we did get James on here afterwards. Yeah, we had James Hewitt on here. Yeah. So if you we've had you're not familiar with that, you can go back and find that episode. Mark Gascoigne and Phil. Not Phil. Why does it Phil? I was <laughs> Phil. reading this still. Uh, Pete. <laughs> we had Pete on uh, several times now. Um, so uh, we've had people from GW on here, just not so much while they're working there. Right. That's I mean, a little bit harder. It's not because we haven't tried. Oh, we've tried. Um, and it, it's always like, well, just email them and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, can you check on that and see? Right. We're, we're getting there. Okay. Well, I sent I sent questions. I don't know. Anyways. Um, a lot of people asking about 
you and your team names, that because you you're such a stickler. Uh huh. Is there a good necro team name that someone could steal from you? Steal from me, or that you can come up with? Um, one I have not used is the. I used it, I think, on Fumble, and I was going to use it as my necro team in real life, mm-hmm. but I went with this goofy, you know, once we get to necro one day, one uh, podcast, I will explain my goofy one that I'm probably always going to use from now on. Uh, but Grimwood is a location in kind of the Sylvanian area, yeah, and I like the Hellhounds, and but I've had like... Hellhounds as like a team, like an undead team name since like when I was a kid at second edition. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought about, I had like an undead team called Death Servants, which, you know, it's kind of lame now that I think about it, but I was a kid. And then I had one for the Hellhounds. They were just called just the Hellhounds back then. And so I came up with Grimwood. I found the location on a map. Like I think it was in an old Warhammer role-playing campaign. There was like a little map of Sylvania. Yeah. There's an area called Grimwood, and which also sounds fairly generic, but at the same time it works. So if they want to use it, go for it. There you go. I mean, the beauty is with Blood Bowl and like we talked about naming teams, while I don't know if I would get so mad that somebody stole my team name. Because, like, in the lore, there's always, you hear every now and then of, like, here's a team that was posing as this team Mm -hmm. or this and that. So, like, I guess as long as I didn't have, like, T-shirts made and this and that. You know, like, (laughs) but, you know, It would be weird if someone came out with Campbell Claymores. Right. Like, okay, but whatever. I don't know if I would be butthurt or not if, like, you know, like, I'm reading something and go, like, oh, over here in Italy, this team won. Mm Mm-hmm. Would I be butthurt? I don't know. Or flattered. You know? Or flattered, right. Yeah. It, it would be nice like if they said, oh, I got this from mm-hmm. the both down Scott Prime. Then it, I think it would bother me way less than <laughs> something else. I mean, like, yeah. when we get there, I'm going to tell you that, like, my preferred dwarf team name is the Dwarf Giants. Yeah. And that's totally stolen from second edition. Of course. And I'll go into wise when we get there. Uh, we had a lot of feedback saying they just want more. They're enjoying what we're doing. We had a lot of people say that the... Last episode was one of their favorites. That was that's odd. weird since we've like done this like <laughs> redo thing several times. Maybe we need to remember, you know, that uh, there's a lot of new people who might not go back and read, you know, listen yeah. to old podcasts, or maybe they forget, or maybe we retell it now because we never have notes. Yeah, we've told it maybe three different times, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got people who've listened all three times and they still enjoy it. So not gonna. Well, if they're not saying we're inaccurate, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> Uh, we had someone ask if we had a patch made. At one point, we had a patch. We did at one point. We have not got a new one. We sold out of those. And Scott was supposed to be working on a new logo. Yeah. Yeah, that hasn't happened. No, not at all. Not that I dislike the BD logo. It's awesome. But we want something more like a banner type more logo. More dynamic. I mean. Because, like, if we get on things that say, like, sponsors, you see, like, some... Other company that has like this big swath of like the mm-hmm. area, and we're then, taking up a quarter of the page, and then we have this little like spot logo one thirty second of the page. Is- <laughs> so, yes, I need to work on that, but I haven't um, been bogged down with other dumb commissions. Not, yeah, they're not dumb. I'm, <laughs> I'm the dummy who sometimes struggles to get creative. <laughs> sure, uh, we should have some more probably kickoff dice or who knows some other fun stuff coming up shortly we'll let you know always you can go to the shop and look at whatever we have 
Um, Other notable comments out of the hundreds? Yeah. Someone was asking, again, about your teams. What are, like, your top three team names that you've ever heard in Blood Bowl? That I've heard? Yeah, not yours, not mine, not just, like, at, at all top three oh, names. Oh, boy. I would have to research. I'd probably have to go back and look at some of the Chaos Cup stuff, like the yeah. the countdowns and stuff Anything like that. Anything that just pops out besides, like, Dwarf Giants or... Not, not at this moment. Arctic Crag Spiders. Uh, not, not at this moment. Okay. But th- to be fair, you know, like... I usually remember all the bad team names that I really, really hate <laughs> and don't remember the ones that are like, that's really awesome. I wish I would have came up with that. Yeah. Um, I know there's some out there like I've been jealous of, but I can't tell you right off, right okay. off that. I'd have to kind of go back and research that. Uh, a few people mentioning Fumble has been getting them through the game, through the COVID. So it has me too. Like I have a love hate relationship with them. Um, you know, and I try to donate every now and then to them. Um, it's just, um, it goes back to the same thing. I still feel like it's a deck of cards versus rolling dice, but I might say that no matter what, because I'm not physically rolling the dice. I would probably say this about a board game that I would hit a button and roll a dice for. Fumbles, just fumbles, fumble. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you after you know, go back and watch some of those games I yeah. play. That last game with me and Drew, too, I think, like, nobody recovered from KOs. It was just really weird on a 50-50 yeah. dice roll how this stuff um, happens. But Someone yeah. asking if we've ever played Halflings. But Fumble's better than nothing, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. And we could, Halflings? We could cover Halflings next episode, really. Oh, I would love to. They have a team already made, so I would lo- Yeah, we can talk about Halflings. you have Halfling. a lot more Halfling fluff than I do. I... So. I you know, I don't know if I'm going to love Halflings going forward, but I actually, if I have to play any of the stunty mm-hmm. races, I'd rather, like at a tournament, I'd yeah. rather take Halflings. Now, that being said, th- some things have changed. Yeah. I have not played the new rules, and I don't know what star players now are available to them, so that might change my mind totally. And final comment that I wrote down anyways, and again, I'll reply to all you guys' emails, just haven't yet. Um... Mark Zuckerman actually posted a good query or a good idea for an episode. Okay, let's hear it. An all-woman-centric episode. So talk about Amazons, female star players, and then some female players like Jennifer or Katie. Because he's trying to get more women involved in the local league. I think that is a great idea. Yeah, I think um, we'll do that. I got no problem with that. Uh, yeah, I think we should uh, reach out to those. Actually, let's say right here, if you know somebody who's like super involved in Blood Bowl or like plays at least semi-regularly like Katie, Jennifer. um, I can't remember her name. She plays out there with the Vegas crew. She runs LWO. LVO. LVO. Sorry. (laughs) Not the Latino world order, the Las Vegas open. Oh, Um, wow. I can't remember her name, but if I saw it, I could. Anyways, she plays all the time out there with those guys and runs stuff. So I think that'd be great. Maybe we really should get some of those people on and do some segments and, Okay. Or, or maybe have a segment for a couple episodes, you know? Yeah. So, <clears throat> with that being said, you want to go ahead and roll the die to see who we get? If I can pick up this big dice. These 100D dice are, like, weird because when they roll, you know, it's hard to see, like, who's in the middle. So, we're going to have to really let it roll and <laughs> see what it stops. Sure Is that thing. clear? Oh, yeah. That's, that's fine. All right. Ooh. Number that 80. Is going to be Ross Bunn. 
Ooh, Ross, congratulations. You got some awesome looking like little gift present dice. Yep. I'll contact him. Get his Is that from Blackwork Down? Mm-hmm. Blackwork Ooh, Down. Oh, I said that right. Yep. We should give a shout out to them. They did send some extras for us, so that'll be cool. That is very awesome. So congratulations, Ross. Thanks for uh, writing in and giving us some feedback. And uh, We also had one review on iTunes, Max Ephelion. Are you and sure that's not Max Splain Ripper? Probably not Max Splain Ripper. It pr- I think it could be. It could be. Uh, it's I mean, titled... if you're a Max Splain Ripper, you wouldn't want to tell everybody you're Max Splain Ripper. That's true. That'd be hard so to get just change like, your last name, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Spleen Ripper, and what is your business in this country? Uh, ripping spleens? Uh, no. Go back. So I'm going to go with Max <laughs> Affiliate. Um, title is Let Both Down Lift You Up. Both Down is very active in the Blood Bowl gaming community. They have attended international events and run gaming tournaments annually. Annually. I can almost talk. <laughs> Steve and Scott. It's more interesting when you say anal. It, it's also true. I mean, I'm very anal. Steve and Scott are longtime veterans of the game and offer quality insight into both the background lore and the game itself. If you like the game of Blood Bowl, this podcast is a must. So thank you for that. This podcast is a must. Very much so. And uh, we also have a shout out for Race for the Majors. Uh, this is a charity event that's going on all year for 2021. And I'm just going to read this as it was given to me. With Chase the Majors, we are hoping to get as many BB coaches as possible from around the world active to raise money for UNICEF whilst covering the distance between the five Blood Bowl Majors. It's over 25,000 kilometers, which is some sort of distance in American. You can run, walk, swim, or cycle, and there's no minimum mileage required. For full details, check out the Facebook page, Race for the Majors, and we'll also put a link for the fundraising in the Is this a notes. trick to get people to exercise? It's not a trick. It's like a charity to get people to exercise. exercise. What the heck? Hey, we have multiple times on this podcast talked about how we're turning a new leaf and going to exercise and get in shape. And we got real into it that one time and it didn't work. So if I've, this helps. I, I've, as of this date, I've lost uh, eight and a half pounds in the last... Um, Let's see, 13 days? No, 12 days. That's awesome. <coughs> Changed my diet. This can't be right. So 25,000 kilometers would be 15,000 miles. Could be. I will walk 15,000 miles. So 15,000 divided by 365 Yeah, is 41 miles a day. Oh, I think as a group we're supposed to do that, right? Not Oh. Isn't that a group, not one person? Oh. So like that if there's 5,000 no of us and we go walk every day for a mile, we're going to get this fairly soon. Oh, as you can tell, I didn't look too deep into it because I don't want to Because be you deep. don't want to exercise. Man, I need to. <laughs> I really do. And I honestly I've lost all this weight by not exercising. Just by doing the uh, you know, Jennifer's been doing keto. Oh yeah. Um, and I talked to my doctor before doing it and, um, she said, yeah, give it a try. She's like, just don't be the people that eat like seven pounds of bacon and a block of cheese. It's she's healthy. Like, she's like, bring in, you know, the green vegetables and stuff like that. Make sure yeah. it's still balanced out of the, the foods you are allowed to eat. Make sure it's still balanced. I mean, and, um, I'm, I'm no shade, but Really, all it is 
is you're cutting out grains and watching your portion sizes, that's going to help no matter what. Uh, I'm going to be real honest with you. At this point, I have not watched my proportions. Yeah. If I'm hungry, I eat with no doubt. Like if yeah. I have like like the first few days because I wasn't eating breads and stuff like that or sugar. So like at work, if I had two eggs and a side of bacon and I was hungry and the cafeteria is still open, I go get me two more eggs. Yeah. And then at lunch, I would eat, you know, two chicken breasts and some green beans. Like I, I have never been hungry because of like lack of eating. Sure. Now what I've cut back on is I haven't had ice. I haven't had ice cream for dinner in the last two weeks, which <laughs> was about a once a month activity for Scott over the the six months prior. You know, like oh, it's a week I don't have my kids. I kind of want some ice cream. Oh, which one do I pick? I, I'll get both. I'll have. I'm an adult. I can have ice cream for dinner. And- I have <laughs> never in my life had ice cream for dinner. Oh, actually, I had no. That was sherbet. Um, but I have cut back. Uh, unfortunately, that means like cutting back like apples and stuff like that because there's sugars in there. Sure. Uh, I'm going to do this for a while because I talked to my doctor. I said I don't want to be dangerous. She said do it for a while. We'll get some blood work done and you know make sure you're on the right path. Yeah. Or if not, Jennifer's lost forty something pounds. I know blood bowler Will Oliver has lost a whole bunch of weight. Will he's is he's been on keto, amazing. Uh, looking amazing. He's also been exercising. I oh am, yeah. Ever since I turned 40, me and the cold don't get along, so I ain't walking nothing. But I've lost eight pounds by just eating like, you know, like I said, eggs in the in the morning for breakfast, lunch. I've, I've been doing, I bought keto bread, which is super expensive, but it doesn't taste great. So like you don't eat a whole <laughs> loaf of bread like you would before. <laughs> but uh, if I want a sandwich. Tastes horrible and expensive. It's Sign not, me up. It's not horrible. Yeah. It's just not great. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, but after about four days of not having bread, when you get keto bread, you're like, this is pretty dang good. Anyways, I've been watching that, and for a while now, I've cut back, like, as people know, I love sweet tea. Um, I've been cutting way back on that slowly. Yeah. Because I, I told Jennifer if she'd lose 20 pounds, I would get on this thing with her, because I want to make sure she stuck with it. Yeah. I didn't start until she was at 40 pounds. <laughs> and at that point, like I was like, it's Christmas. I'm going to get little snacky stuff. I'm going to start uh, like a week or so after Christmas. And that's what I did. Keto um, is really interesting because if you, it basically changes the way your body processes fat. So you go into ketosis and it starts eating the fat instead of it is else. It is weird. I, I will tell you this. So I like the science behind it. I just, you know, again... I don't, Any diet is good diet, if you keep to it. Right. And I'm not saying I'm on a diet. I've changed my diet. How about that? Yeah, yeah, um, I get it. I will try this for a while. If my doctor says I'm still good and healthy, I will continue to do it. Um, Jennifer has a friend who's been doing this, and hearing her talk about some of the choices she's made with the keto diet is like, there's no way I would do this. You know, like, it feels dangerous. Yeah. So be careful and look into it. Well, that's the, like I said, you have to make those real harsh changes to get the ketosis or your body to process. I mean, it's pretty obvious if I'm going to eat, uh, you know, a, a serving or two of broccoli a day mm. or a salad a day with like hardly any dressing on it, it's going to be better for me. Absolutely. Right. Than French fries. Yeah. So it seems very obvious. And if I don't have sweet tea all the time, mm-hmm. I have 
now an unsweet tea with just very little like uh whatever it is is it splenda that's like zero yeah. carbs or whatever that tastes amazing to me now mm-hmm. and i was <laughs> i accidentally got the wrong tea once on on this deal like right before i started i've been cutting the teas back yeah but i got a sweet tea by accident uh and i drank it and i was like how the hell did i drink this before now you know, like everything, you can cut sodas and stuff and go, it tastes nasty now. And yeah. then after about your third one, you go, oh, this is kind of good again. Yep. Um, I've been drinking in the diet last, soda for years now. But- in the last 12 days, I have found out that like I, I feel different. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I don't f- – maybe it's that like – eating too many sweets you know mm-hmm. like oh i had three christmas cakes because it was christmas time and and stuff like that so i get it right now i'm doing pretty good like i even bought some of these atkins bars that look like candy bars but they're like supposed to be better for you mm-hmm. if you had to have those and the first couple of days doing it i was jonesing for something kind of that tasted sweet and i did that for like three days and then i skipped a day and then i had one the next day and i don't think i've had one of those in like five days good so Look, I'm all for whatever makes people healthier and well, happier. My doctor said, God, man, this is a tangent. This is what you get with both down. <laughs> you want to sit in our living room? Here we go. You know, like I'm on blood pressure medicine. I got yeah. on it like last at the beginning of last year, but I'm really on the cusp of like getting rid of it. And she said, like, you might just lose some weight and get back to like you were jogging years mm-hmm. ago, and you might not even have to have this. You won't need the Viagra either. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm always going to need that, right? It's probably true. Doesn't everybody need that all the time? Uh, no. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Thanks, mm-hmm. man. Right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's about three inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I figured I was normal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so the goal is to obviously live longer for my kids. Yeah. And I don't ever want to go up on any type of blood pressure medicine. No. I mean, my mom's on it. My dad's on it. So genetics say I'm probably going to be on it. Yeah. But if I can try. in the... During the COVID time of year, I've gotten some really bad habits. I mean, like, yeah, it's let's bad. let's admit, like, being stuck at home and not going to work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes two ice cream sounds pretty good. So you do that on the weeks that your children aren't around because you can, and then you're ashamed to tell your girlfriend about it because she's going to tease you. Uh, working from home, <laughs> it's like, okay, have breakfast. Okay, well, I guess second breakfast, now lunch, and then I guess a snack. And well, and I, I, I'm it's a like, real geez. bad, if I'm bored, I'll eat type guy. Mm-hmm. And now if I at least focus that into eating something good, yeah, you know, it's not so bad. But so far, so good. We'll continue to see what happens. I don't expect to get down to like 200 pounds on this. No. And I don't think that's where I need to be. When it gets warmer, know. though, I'm, Freaking... I'm, re- I'm ready to get back to the park and just get outside and absorb some energy. Freaking Will has to be dripping in, you know what? What sweat, pussy? Just, I just, I was trying to be, dude. I can't believe so you said crass. that on here. I know, but whatever. We we get to curse every once in a while. It's fine. That's like a big word, man. What it's if families not. were listening? You better yeah, beep that. Go back and beep that. No, you have to go no, back and beep that. Not doing it. You have to drill, 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 <laughs> drill. That's his name now. Will the drill? Will the drill? <laughs> hey, okay. Hey, anything you can do to look better. For and, yourself. And obviously being healthy, yes. <laughs> We've talked about this before, so here, here we go to health book. If you feel better, whether it's because you shaved and you feel better mm-hmm. or whatever the reason is, it shows on a person. They glow. 
it just naturally glow. And again, if you're having problems with COVID, if you're feeling stressed, anything depressed, let us know. We're, you know, we reach out to people all the time. Like, Hey, how you doing? You know, hope things are going well. If your victory for the day is just putting on a pair of pants. Great. Yeah. We'll applaud you for it. A few more shout outs since we went on that tangent. Uh, I want to shout out to Roger Oman who, um, he commissioned me to do a logo for him and stuff, but I wanted to give him a shout out because he said along the way, he said a whole bunch of nice things about, you know, him and, you know, just kind of same thing everybody's going through. You know, we, 2020 was kind of a dark year at times for people. It got us to overthink and worry about things. And he said, like, you know, we were there as a, as a voice so he could listen to and yeah. and feel good about it. And, you know, I like I told him, you guys help us. You don't realize how you help us also. Yeah. I think it feels better when we podcast together in the same room. Yeah. Um, but that's and nice. if you give me COVID, COVID I'm just going to have to beat the shit out of you. Well, if you give me COVID, I'll have to beat the shit out of you. I how don't know that? how that would happen, but it's possible. Well, how do you, I mean, why do you think I'm going to give it to you? Is it the kisses? Yeah. Oh. You see a lot more people than I do. Uh, I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, have to, I have to go to work and and stuff like that. But I also get teased at work for being the guy who, <laughs> if somebody gets closer, I step back. <laughs> uh, I don't give a <laughs> Like crap. I have a bubble. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and stuff. So it's uh, pretty funny. But, we ordered Chinese and the guy... For whatever reason, they didn't accept cards, so they had to pay with cash. And I basically opened the door just enough for my hand to go through, give him the cash, grab the bag. I was like, thank you. <laughs> then he walked away, and I opened the door enough to bring the bag in. <laughs> it's not hurting anybody to be extra safe. Nope. So Take that vitamin D. Um, I think that's all the shout-outs I have. Yeah, that's all people. I got, too. So. Um, we'll be back next time, month, whenever. Yeah, this is a few episodes. Days late, but you know, hey, it's quality, right? Yep. And, um, anyways, thanks for listening. Feedback's always welcome. Congrats to Ross for winning our contest, and we will see you next time. You can follow Both Down on Twitter at Both Down. You can follow Scott at Real Scott Prime and Steve at Kilowog2814. If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. Welcome back, and it's time for the 2020 edition of... Hold Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. The... Downies. No, I don't like that. How about this? The Downies. 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 Come on, guys. We're trying to figure this out. The Downies. Okay. Why does that not work? Because you. I don't know. It's supposed to work. Not loud enough. The Downies. Wow, that's awesome. What? Dude, this okay. is so okay. exciting. Why don't you explain, you explain to everybody what the downies are? Let's, 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 let's start, start over. over. Okay. 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 You do this. Okay. okay.